You're listening to Are You Happy Business Podcast on Captivate. Hello, Are You Happy Podcast. I'm here with Olivier Igle. He has had two decades of experience in the advertising industry. He became a Red Bull creative director. He's really made it. But the more he made it, the more trapped he felt, the more terribly felt internally. And he decided to make a big switch after a transformative experience he had that he will share with you. Um, and his life turned around for the better. Oftentimes people call it the midlife crisis, but Olivier thinks about it differently. Um, the term has been, has negative connotations around it, but Olivier actually capitalizes off of that midlife crisis and finds that to be a really important piece of people's lives. And he helps people who are in that phase or maybe around that phase and starting to think about that. Um, he helps them grow, helps them figure out what their why is. And that's why his company is called The Why Story. He's helped over a thousand people today um, help, uh, help them just navigate what their why is, um, whether they're in a company and want to stay there and rebrand themselves or whether they want to leave, start their own business or what have you. He helps them figure out their why. And um, yeah, Olivier, if you want to share a little bit of your story in your own words, I would love for you to tell me. I'm very excited to um, have our audience learn from you today. Typically, before the podcast, we talk a little bit, but today, me and you had a very long conversation, and I'm very excited to um, delve deeper into some of the stuff we just talked about. Well, I think um, your introduction was perfect. Thank you so much. Um, that's that's precisely it. Um, I yeah, for for over 20 years, as you said, I was trapped in you know the the corporate wheel. In, in the big machine, I was uh, making it in the traditional sense. I was making money. I had great projects. I had the big ticket clients and all that. You know, everything that my mother always wished for me to have. Um, I was also like in the Swiss culture, maybe something worth mentioning, a very high performance culture. I uh, rose in the ranks. You know, I had my career. But uh, also, as you said, the more I did so, uh, the more the weight on my shoulders well, I was pressing down and like into the floor to until one day I wasn't able to get up anymore. It was actually so detrimental, the lifestyle I had chosen, you know, that this extreme, this imbalance between very hot showers of, you know, accolades and status and very cold showers of existential dread. Yeah, I, the questions that I was facing ever since my mid-30s, they shifted. I realized how my questions started to shift from how can I get more? How can I do a better job? How can I close this client? How can I get to shoot a commercial for this client or do that kind of win that kind of award? It shifted towards what is all this even about? Why do I feel so empty, even though my bank account is getting fuller and fuller? Why is there something gnawing at me? And why can't I find, you know, any sense of satisfaction and fulfillment, even though I'm doing so well. And it pushed me to the point where I actually um, was considering taking my life because um, I felt that my body was deteriorating. I felt like my mental health was going down the drain. I started to become manic. I started to yell. I started to get violent. And I knew that I was headed for the completely wrong direction but there was no advice to be found. So I went to therapists. I did all kinds of retreats and all they tried to do is fix me, but I didn't need a fix. I didn't need to be fixed. 
I needed to be heard and I needed space to realize that what I was going through is absolutely normal. I was facing that thing that people call midlife crisis, which is a good word, but it's completely wrongly understood. Crisis, like crisis, means decision. I was actually in a phase of massive decision making. My heart demanded that I made a choice. And that choice was, am I going to keep grinding? Am I going to keep going for the boons of life, the trophies, the awards, you know, the people, the important people? Or am I going to choose me? So in terms of a story, because I'm naturally a storyteller, that's kind of like my education and background is in storytelling and the strategy around it. In stories is, am I going to stay Am I going to remain being an actor in life with someone else's script? Or am I going to write my own script and write my own story? And that changed everything. Because when you write your own story, you have to look look within. So I had to shift my gaze inward. And I realized when you do that, when you shift your gaze and you confront your demons, And with demons, I mean all the fear agents that keep you in the waiting room, that keep you in the groundhog day, that keep you cycling in your detrimental job, going for money, going for status and title. When you confront yourself, you confront yourself with the stories that kept kept you there. And now you have a choice. You have a chance. You can confront those agents and let go of them. And suddenly you become fearless. And that's really like what it's all about. Life is about being fearless. Life is about risk assessment in the light of the self. Life is about saying yes to possibly being hurt. Yes to getting bruised. Yes to taking the risk of being your true self. That is the only thing that matters. But before that, all I did was averting risk, increasing my comfort, increasing my stability, which opposes life. Life is not about being safe and stable and secure. That's that's the narrative that our parents taught us. They wanted us to be safe because maybe they weren't safe. Our teachers tell us, if you don't learn this and if you don't perform well at school, you're not going to make it. You're not going to be safe. But that is actually a lie that opposes the dynamics of life. Happiness requires you to take the risk, the full entire risk at being who you are, unapologetically, relentlessly. And the business that I created around this, Why Story, is all about people reconnecting with this big central truth inside of them. Because we were born with one central conviction that we are here, we're born to express during our lifetime. And you can compare that with an apple tree. I like to compare human beings with apple trees. The beauty about an apple tree is it knows exactly who it is and what it is about. It is an apple tree, and as such, it is here to grow apples, right? But human beings, they think they're pear trees and cherry trees and walnut trees when reading an apple tree. So they are apple trees that try to grow cherries, and they're an apple tree that tries to grow pears. They're confused. Because pears are in fashion right now, people buy pears, so they try to grow pears. 
because people want cherries now to try to grow cherries. But if you, you are, if you are your true self, you have no choice but to grow the value that you are born with, you know, that seed that is inside of you. But who in anyone's life teaches you to embrace that seed? Who teaches you at school or at home, at the dinner table, to look within and realize what your truth is and what kind of value you could build from that truth that could become happy work? Because the tree, the apple tree making apples, that's the tree's happy work. The tree is extremely happy that it can just be let alone and do its thing, being, a, being an apple tree, growing apples. So this is kind of like what I have become from all of my past. I've become a guide. I guide people who are confronted with the same thing that I was, the sense of dread, confusion, doubt, the questions, the big questions, the existential questions. I guide them not to fall back. I guide them towards what I call the big red door of the self. Because once you pass the threshold of the big red door, what awaits you behind it is the knowledge of the self. And let me tell you one thing. Nothing is more powerful in creating clarity in a human being and focus in the, that human being's actions than knowing who you are. And knowing who you are is kind of like a, right? It's kind of like a hazy question. But knowing who you are is very simple. It's just knowing what is the potential that lies within you. What is that one thing, that seed inside of you? When you know that seed, you realize your purpose is just to grow that seed. That's the only purpose of a human being. It's not the things that we go for right now. My purpose is to be a lawyer. My purpose is to be a doctor. My purpose is to be a father. That's not true. That's identity. It's not the same thing. Purpose is an inner engineering process of bringing out what's inside. That's purpose. Purpose is making it visible to the world. Sharing the apples with the world is the purpose of the apple tree. Sharing your apples with the world is the purpose of you. That is the central aspect of my, of my work. And you can imagine before, for over decades, I was a completely confused apple tree. And that's why I was where I was. One day I grew pears. The next day I focused on walnuts. And then suddenly, you know, on, I don't know, papayas and pineapples and whatnot. Because it was cool. Because that's what people would buy from me. But that exhausts you. It breaks you. It leaves you unsatisfied. You just, you go into the void when you do that. I think the apple tree is an analogy to what we spoke of earlier about how businesses are trying to make things that people don't necessarily need. Yes. Or, um, trying to, con advertising is all about converting someone's wants to making them feel like their wants are something that they need, but they really don't. And it's not like, even you, uh, you're, you're definitely something that someone needs as a need. It's not like all businesses are satisfying needs and all happy business owners are satisfying direct needs. But the business owners that are happy, it seems, are the ones that are doing something that they enjoy, that are that's fulfilling, that's in line with their story. And um, I, I wanted to ask you, would you have done anything differently if you could go back to when you first entered the working world? See, um, 
that is such a great question because for the longest time, it was like a million things, right? Oh, I would have done this. I would have quicker done that. But now I realize, no, not at all. I would not change a thing because A, I'm in a wonderful place now. I'm in the best place a human being can be. Um, every waking moment of my life is serves a purpose, supports my purpose, fills me with joy, brings joy. And B, I needed all these experiences. I needed to be molded by the near fatal outcome of my former work life. I needed to be kicked in the, excuse my English, balls. I needed to be pushed off the ledge to realize there's no point in waiting for life or someone else to make that decision. I have to make that decision. And you know what? I made it at the age, like in, the, in my late 30s, which is great. I still have so much time, but I'm not a kid anymore. You cannot demand of a 19-year-old to live out their purpose. We have, for a couple of years, we have to fool around. It's necessary that we get hurt and that we learn about the world so that suddenly we can realize, enough, enough. Let's cut the bullshit. But in order to say that, you need to be to have been hurt in the past. You need to know what you don't want. You need to know that that's not for you. You need to know that you're not, you're not alive to live for other people. You're not alive to live for trophies. You are only alive to live for yourself and share your beautiful self through work that I call happy work with the people. And, you know, I keep, being asked by my clients, well, I would really like to help. I would like my business to be about helping. And this is the conundrum of happy work. Happy work is not about helping. I always, I, I never recommend people to help because if your business is about helping, you attach the condition of being helpful. And now you become responsible for people's state. You become responsible for how well they're doing. And that will keep you up at night. That will make their life dependent on yours. And that's precisely what businesses should never do. Businesses should not try to help. They should just try to provide, provide, give, 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 so that the people can help themselves. That is the magic of happy work. Happy work is to provide to provide the platform upon which people can lead happier lives, but not become their life support, not become their mentor forever. That's why I am a guide and not a coach. Coaches need to stay close to their teams. A lot of therapists stay close to their patients forever, but that's not real value given. That's just creating dependence. As a guide, I'm just here to nudge and then walk away. And that's what great products do. That's what great services do. They allow for people to grow on their own. And that's something I had to learn the hard way, that it's not about mining value. It's not about helping. It's about providing. It's about providing real value that comes from your truth. That is the magic. And all the businesses that, that we admire the businesses that are really changing the narrative, that's what they do. They provide value that takes care of a need, an essential need we didn't even know we had, 
but they don't try to lure us into a dependence. They say basically, and when you're done and you can fly on your own, drop me. It's fine. It's cool because now you're not part of my system anymore. That is something that we have missed in business school. I went to quite a few business schools and I did all my degrees. Never was I taught to let go of people. I was always taught, keep them close, keep them in your book, cross sell, do whatever you can. And then referrals, referrals, referrals. When we do that, we deny value. Now the value becomes the transaction. Transaction is the end of value. When, you, when you're in business only for the transaction, you're in business for something that owns you. When you're in business for transformation, that transformation pushes you to do a better job, to give more of yourself, to serve people better, to make yourself more accessible, more affordable, more visible. Know what I mean? That is true value given. And I can only hope that one day we will live in a system, in a global system where this attitude of transformational opportunity given by a business becomes the common narrative. I really pray that this will be taught at school early on so that people don't have to first fall flat on the head or take their lives, but can just engage on that why story and make that why story the narrative that teaches them, hey, what do I need to do in order to bring myself into the world, right? I've never been taught that. That's perhaps the most valuable thing I've learned in the past couple of months, honestly. Yeah. To, to be in the business of transformation and not transaction, to guide people um, to a certain goal. And then once they achieve that, then you're no longer working together. Um, and let, like, let that person take what you gave them and grow on their own instead of the model of um, a therapist where you're dependent on them. Yep. Yeah. Um, or a pill. Oh, I guess, or a pill. Yeah. And I guess as you were finishing up talking, the question in my mind for you specifically, specifically, because obviously in theory, it sounds really good, but for you, what happens when one of your clients leaves you and says, this isn't helping me is that, is, or how does that make you feel or how do you how do you approach that mentally if because you are in the business of transforming and then they leave you when they're good enough uh, when, when they feel like they've gotten their value but i'm sure there's been someone or more people multiple people that have left um how do you approach that that's a, also a brilliant question that's a very good question um when the ego is still strong in you you get hurt by failure right when someone tells you, oh, this is not helping me, the ego gets bruised because it impacts your sense of self-value. I, I, <laughs> it's strange, I know, to say that, but I really hung my ego on the coat hanger a couple of years ago because I realized that I can only function and be truly happy when I'm not dependent on anyone else's opinion. Only when I completely detached from anyone else's opinion, their reality and what they say, can I truly be who I am and serve my people in the very best way. Um, so in the sense of stoicism, it means to be completely involved in the process, but absolutely detached from the outcome. 
That is so important. I am not responsible for however they're going to proceed afterwards. My my why story process, I told you this, is either a full weekend, right? It's either a full weekend or it's seven online sessions. Can you still hear me? I think you froze. Hello? Ah, you're back. All right, I don't know why I lost service there. I think uh, Wi-Fi is better outside, strangely. Strangely, yeah, right. Yeah, um, the other way around. So, <laughs> What, what I was saying, uh, you know, in the sense of classic stoicism, is really to be completely involved in a process of giving your value, your truth through value as a product or service, but be completely detached from the outcome, which is opinion, which is feedback. You know, I'm not someone who goes and asks for feedback. I don't do that because feedback can become a dictator. It can be, it can meddle with your value. It can change your operations, but your operations should be inspired by you. So I I have had very rare instances. I can say that with confidence, very rare instances where people said just one thing. They said, oh my God, it's taking me longer than I hoped for, but I'm getting there. It's the only thing I ever hear. People never complain about it because they always realize so much about themselves in the process. And there's always some kind of progress. But here's the beauty. Everybody realizes that it's on them. It's not on me. I am not the culprit. They realize they cannot open themselves up to their fears. They cannot open themselves up to see who they are. They don't want to give in to the risk. You know, they're not willing to do that. That is self-ownership, you know. My and question, I, I, I want to cut you off because I don't want to forget the question, but um, obviously if you're running a business, you're trying to improve your product. So if there's like a piece of it that maybe people are consistently unsatisfied with, I mean, I mean I'm sure with your business, you're constantly adjusting here and there to make your product better. Is that all strictly off of your own mission and you being like, okay, I want to improve this piece because I think it's not working. Um, I, I guess my, to be clear, what's my question is like, where do you draw the line um, where someone, people are not unhappy with a piece of your service and you want, you need to switch it. Um, do you kind of like stay strong and just stand by your product and keep doing what you're doing because you believe in it? Yep. Um, is that what you do? The, the simple answer is yes, because if if Steve Jobs had listened to the people's feedback about the iPhone, you know what the iPhone would look like today? You know what a horrific creature it would be? It would be a monstrosity. You have to be so self-guided that you are guided only by one question. Would I use it? Would I love it? Would it serve me? Because if you would not use it, if you cannot relate to it, how are you supposed to stand in for your value? How are you supposed to say like, yes, I own this shit. No, now it's like they own it a little bit and this guy owns it a little bit. (laughs) My my job is to reconnect people with their self-ownership. Own yourself completely. But we have given away parts of ourselves. We have millions of shareholders in our heads. 
We have thousands of people holding shares and stocks in our own operations. We have to get rid of them. We have to clear house. Your boardroom, your mental boardroom needs to be cleared. That's exactly what I do in my process so that you become the sole owner of yourself. And when you're the sole owner of yourself, your operations, which means the actions, right? Branding strategy, of course, you can listen to advisors who are professionals so that they can execute what you want. That is not a wrong thing. I use, you know, suppliers all the time because there are things I don't know about, right? But I go to them and tell them, this is what I want. This is how it should feel. Translate it into, you know, your, your area of expertise. And then when you kick it back at me and I feel like, yes, that really brings my mission to light and to life, we go for it. You know, I'm not going to do web design and things like that. but I will scribble. I will pour my heart out and say, like, this is exactly the truth. And someone will say it's not readable or like the user interface is not understandable. And then they go and, you know, streamline it. And of course, I will take that because that is just expertise, right? Where people bring their own value. You have to listen to people's value. Was was there a point when you building the why story, your, your business, where you maybe in the beginning were considering other people's opinions and incorporating things. And then you just, was there a point where you just said, no, I'm going to do it how I want to do it. And, oh and then, and then all of a sudden you started getting more and more clients, making more and more money. So here's the thing. Yes. It's a hard yes. At first I was so exposed. I was a terrified little guy with a good idea and not a lot of courage. So I would do things that people expect. I would try to look the way those people would look. I would behave the way you would expect me to behave. Um, so all of this is absolutely true, of course. You know, it was, it was quite, it was terrifying because I was inundated with other opinions. But <clears throat> strangely enough, so I got clients back then, you know, I was fairly busy. but. I started to get miserable again. I started to feel that thing coming back, you know, that thing that I was walking away from. And that's when I realized along the way, as I was finding my truth, I was denying myself my truth again. I was throwing it out the window again. And so I had to have a hard conversation with myself and my wife. And um, I had to have a hard conversation with my wife. And she was the one. She was the one who said, how about you just do it exactly the way you want it to be and, and start blocking out those voices. And you know what happened almost within a month when I did that? I had fewer clients. I, my clients dropped, but the ones that stayed paid me double, stuck around longer and became my fans. Wow. Can you see the difference? Before I had clients. Suddenly I had fans. Before I had to argue about someone paying me $500, suddenly they would pay me 900 or 1,000, no question asked because the value was there. Wow. And that is the basic idea of what I teach. It's when you show up as the apple tree you are and give the apples that are inside of you to give, fewer people will be with you, but those who are will love you respect you, defend you, stand by you, have your back. 
That's what family does. I'm so close to most of my clients. We have a community that's called the Y Society. I'm so close to them. We have shared emotional pathways together. You would never have that if you ran just a business with clients, you know, where clients are just a number, where clients are just, you know, somewhere in a box. My people are fans. I am their fans. We have a relationship. And that's something that traditional business doing has lost. Traditional business doing is about transaction. Transformational business doing is about relationship. And relationship requires for people to see you, respect you, and to have an emotional engagement. You can only have that when you are your true self. Unapologetic. Relentless. You have to be relentless. I know we judge those people that are loud on stages. Uh, Steve Jobs was judged a lot. Oprah gets judged a lot. Gandhi was judged a lot. Martin Luther King was judged a lot. But we all could be these people in our own light and right. But we have to be okay with half or three quarter of the world not being okay with us because we're too loud, because we're too crazy, because we're too strange and different. I say, doesn't matter because there's still 25% that will go wherever you go. You know, like fans go to a rock concert. They go, they pay the price. They're waving their hands in the air and say, yes. And they take your truth and make it part of their own truth. That is the magic of happy work. That's how it happens. That's where you have to become strong and, you know, detach yourself from the world enough so that it doesn't tell you who to be but still engage in the conversation and in the relationship so that you can provide, 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 give, give. We're here to give, not to receive. Reception is what comes back from giving, but you have to give first, then you will receive. I, my story is a perfect example how action reaction is so true, but it requires an action first, the giving. The giving is always what kickstarts the reaction. But nowadays people think like they can go and ask for money first, and then deliver shitty products and hope that the people will still stick around through better marketing. That is a, a fluke. It's a fallacy. It's bullshit. It glues us in place as a society. You're, you're enlightened. I don't know what, when I'm when I was listening to him, like this guy, when I think of enlightenment, it seems like he's enlightened. I, I also <laughs> I also listen in on like stoicism and read a little bit about it so i see where you're coming from with some of the things that you've been talking about oftentimes people don't think that like what they do in their lives really relates to their business but i feel like the way you've approached your business is very in tune with like the human experience like i don't know you had to break down your ego in order for your business to thrive like you have to say i don't care about what people think of of my product i don't care about what people think of my service or some people hate it whatever there's those two people that love it and i'm 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 trying to serve them and i'm trying to serve more people like them um yes. i don't know what the word is but oftentimes marketers will try to find like an image of who their ideal customer is and and i yeah. feel like this is important for you at least because you found even if it was those maybe two customers that stayed with you through that initial transition you were like, okay, that's my customer then. And let me find more of those and more of those people yep. that need for my service. And um, as you're talking, I'm thinking like, you, you mentioned the word crazy. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like when people get so passionate about something, people call them crazy. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's interesting to me because obviously you've reached a ton of success through your passion. And there are times people call you crazy. They probably still call you crazy because you're so passionate. And probably more and more people are calling you crazy. The more passion you're getting them. But it's just, I feel like... You know- I, I have just just a very quick thing on that that I just want to leave here because I think it's a brilliant setup. Um, you know that we human beings, every single one of us, we are wild at heart. We are wild creatures. But we domesticate ourselves to become pets of whatever narrative is the most popular right now, right? We become influencers and we become hustlers and whatnot. But at heart, we are wild. We're raw. We, we're, we're born to run around naked and scream our truth into the world. You know, that is the thing. We are wild. We're meant to be wild. So a, 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 as we grow older and we reach our 30s, our wild heart wants to be heard again. It's like, okay, enough. You know, we've been tamed. We've been domesticated. We've been a pet to society. Now we want our wildness back. We want to be wild and crazy. And that's, that's that big red door that I talk about, that I guide my, my people through. It's to allow, to give yourself permission to be wild. It's a secret to happiness. You can only be happy when you give your own being the space to just scream and yell, run, go in circles, lie dead, do push-ups when you feel like it. And now and I say this, now do that. But no, we cannot. We're not supposed to. We have rules and regulations. We have rules and regulations not to hurt people. That's very important, right? We have the code. We have building codes and we have, we have rules on how fast we can drive. Traffic rules, important because other people are involved. We don't want to hurt them. But when it, when it comes to our own self, why do we have a million rules? How we sh- we're supposed to behave, what our life should look like, or we should retire at the age of 65. I call bullshit. We should never retire from our life. When you're happy, you do not retire. You stay in it. You find ways to stay in the game. That's what life is about. You think a tree ever retires? You think a squirrel ever retires? Nothing ever retires. Retirement is a man-made concept. It's one of those rules that we work towards. What if we toss these rules out of the window, all the windows that bog us down, all the rules that take away our wildness and re-engaged in like, what was that thing that I did when I was little? What was the thing that I loved? What, what is that conviction I was fought for that my parents tried to shut down? Maybe there's something to it. Oh, hell yes, there's a lot to it. And that's what created all these people we call crazy that built products and services that are out of this world. Like, how is it possible that certain things have come into fruition, but others never? Because the person behind it allowed themselves to be like, look, to me, that's what a car should look like. To me, that's what a house should look like. To me, that's what a home should be. To me, that's what food should be. We call them crazy. But then suddenly, as we realize there's actually something to it. We realize there are some people who really love it. Or there's some people who actually benefit from from it. Suddenly they're not crazy anymore. Now they're geniuses. Now they're geniuses, right? Suddenly they're geniuses because uh, financial success validates their craziness. I call bullshit. You don't need the outcome in order to be who you are. You just need to give yourself permission to give yourself the space, grow the space to be who you are. That's what I teach people. 
to give themselves permission to grow their own space, mental space, financial space, uh, physical space, uh, societal space. You need space in order to flourish. You need space. You know, the tree cannot grow where there's no light and where there's no space. We human beings need to nurture ourselves. We need to cut out toxicity. We need to cut out bad thoughts. We need to cut out bad habits. Yes, but all of that needs to come from the intention of wanting to be who you are and saying, I am ready. I want to do this. Right? I talk and talk. And the talk. People, they, they often get called crazy because they, they let themselves go wild. No, I'm, I'm intrigued and I'm listening to everything you're saying. And I, I think these people that have let themselves go wild often look crazy, but all of a sudden they invent something that everyone loves. Or maybe a lot of the times they don't. What about those people that don't? They, they, the people are calling them crazy and then all of a sudden they're like... Maybe I am crazy. I haven't reached this material success that I was thinking I was going to reach. I mean, that's, again, stoicism. You don't go crazy for a success, for an outcome. Success is the experience of being free. That's success. You know that we human beings have employed a very, very destructive definition on what success is. We think success is the outcome of something, right? But success to the tree, success to someone like you know Oprah or Gandhi, it's just to give themselves the permission to show up as their true self every day. That's success. That is the definition of success. To give yourself space to be who you are is what will make you successful. That's what will make you feel successful. Because think about this for a second. What makes the human experience real? I, I don't know if I lost you there. Hello? And I, I think you're cutting out. Okay. I think that's the best spot. Yeah, we're all safe. Sorry. Think about this for a second. What makes the human experience real? There's only one thing that makes it real. One sole thing. It is your emotional experience of life. If you cut out emotions, you're basically a zombie. You have no um, recollection. You have no participation in life. Everything becomes bland. You only have memories of things that had an emotional impact on you. You don't remember last week's dinner because it was emotionally non-viable. It was nothing extraordinary unless it was. So for us to say that we want to serve our emotional experience of life with the things we do is the only valid plan for success because money itself is not an experience. It is a man-made concept, but it's what we do with it that creates an emotional interaction that creates an emotional reality. So to say that success is a, is a goal that we might never reach means to cut yourself away from that possibility. But to say, I showed up as my true self today and shared myself with Debron. That's my success. That's what makes me successful. What makes me successful is to be this crazy guy who has this crazy message and shout it out into the world. I will never, I have never felt as successful as in this very, very, very moment, my friend. Even though before I had all these accolades and titles and I was on stages and you know, won like advertising awards and whatnot. Never have I felt this way on stage, 
in front of cameras and whatnot. I never felt that. I felt like, oh, I achieved something. The next day, it was all gone. It was all gone. This stays. In a week to, from today, I will remember our conversation. I will remember that you asked me great questions and I was allowed and I allowed myself to speak my truth. And I'm going to say to myself, fuck yeah, you're a great guy. Yes, you showed up, you said it, you shared it, and now it's out there. This is the best we can hope for. This is what, it's addicting. It is truly addicting. It makes me go crazy for it. I want more of it, you know, more. That's awesome. Never stop. Never you need, stop. You need your work now. You yes. love it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A hundred thousand percent. Million percent. Whatever and happens to me, I will never stop. I won't. And that, and that transition phase in your crisis, um, you were just going through a conflict. You had to make a, a big decision. And that's why you were going through it mentally. Um, and people... It's people are telling you, you like trying to heal you, but you just needed that guidance. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I want to just go back to that really quick because it's like what happened to you is totally natural. Like that happened every time so you have to make a big decision when someone maybe graduates college, they're suddenly so stressed out and like they're acting wild and outlandish. And, and it's just because they just they have a big decision coming up and that's why they're acting that way. And all they need is a little bit of guidance. What, what do you say to someone in that, in, that, in, that, in that crisis to get them to detach from all of those, like, um, you probably don't preach them to detach from those, like, very hard, strong emotions. Um, but what do you tell that person that's really going through that, maybe even considering suicide and is really stressed out? What do you tell them? How do you, how do you show them the light or guide so, them? The, f- the first thing that... You have to you have to do is to create total absolute awareness of your situation today because most people look away from it, most people don't engage with it, most people try to run away. So it's important that you sit down and create mental space of silence where you're not constantly you know stimulated by social media and by people around you, but where you just dive into yourself and realize, okay, this is what is happening with me. Um, I say this because any big decision can only happen if we first create a space for it and realize what it is, okay? Because normally we don't have that space. Normally we're not aware. We're not aware, you know? We don't, we're not aware of the emotional reality within us. We don't admit that we're broken, scared, troubled, frustrated. We don't. But to sit down and realize or write it out and say, like, this is how I feel. This is what's happening with me gives you a chance. And that is neuroscience. Gives you a chance to enter into a dialogue with your fearful mind. That's what it does. Because normally, traditionally, we don't have access to our mind. You know, the instinctive automatic processes, they're just happening, right? All those narratives, the fearful narratives that we learn from our parents and teachers in the world and social media, they run in the background of our mind because the mind is very efficient. But when you sit down and say, stop, I want to know who I am right now. What is going on? Automatic writing, journaling, realizing this is what's happening with me right now. I see it. And your mind will open itself up to you. But then the next thing is, of course, to say, well, where does that come from? You know, where does that come from? What is triggering the state, the emotional state I'm in. And when it comes to the mind, it's very simple. 
Emotions come from thoughts. Thoughts come from a mindset. A mindset is either owned by you or it's owned by your parents, your teacher, the neighbors, social media, and all that. So now, because you do that, you have now a direct line of communication into your mind. You can realize how there are narratives inside of you that are not your own that make you feel the way you feel right now. You know what I mean? And this gives you a chance to say, hold it. I want my mind back. I want to reclaim all the seats in my mental boardroom. Now that I'm aware, now that I've created space to realize where I stand, I realize there's a desire in me to be better. There's a desire in me to re-engage with my happiness. Yes, the desire needs to be there. But you know, you have then the chance to say, do you want to live in fear or do I want to live in the opposite? Do I want to live in love, unconditional love? And unconditional love is the first thing that I engage in with my clients to shift from the glass half empty to the glass always full perspective, not positive thinking, but realizing that whatever you're going through right now and whatever the world around you is right now, it's perfect, is the guiding energy blanket of life, you know, to detach yourself from, from the judgment to say like, oh, I'm so miserable. I'm not as good as the other ones. Life sucks. Everything is, you know, out the window and it's just horrible. To say this as a mantra connects you with lack and fear. But to realize that you have the power to re-engage in your natural mindset of abundance and unconditional love creates a space within you to start doing the work. And everything begins with unconditional love. If you cannot first engage in unconditional love, you will never find out who you are. The doors remain closed to you. If you keep choosing fear and lack um, and not abundance and unconditional love, the doors to the self remain locked. That's why I have to work with my people first through that. You still there? I don't know. Did you catch that? I don't know when it interrupts. Okay. So this is this is... The creation of space that for I, yourself. Yes. Yep. Yeah, there. Yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, the creation of space for yourself so that you can work with your mind. That is the first thing because everybody's always focused on, you know, uh, finding new marketing tools, new sales tools, new products, whatnot, all the things that don't matter in the, to the value creation process, we have to go to the root of the tree. You have to go to the tiny seed. And the seed only grows in unconditional love. It cannot grow in fear. It's impossible for you to grow as a human being, providing your real value to the world. When it comes from a place of fear, it will never, ever happen. Why? Because you will always question yourself. You will always doubt your actions and you will always compare yourself to the world and measure yourself up against the next person. That's why you cannot progress. That's why people stay put in their midlife crisis because fear, their fear uh, narratives keep them in place. If I'm thinking selfishly for myself and what I'm going to take out of today. There's a lot of advice. I'm taking a lot of notes. But if you had to give me or your audience 
a North star, something to just stick by. If, if, if anything else, what, what is that North star? If you have to give one, uh, central piece of advice, just stick by this and you will, you will find yourself, um, or, or you will, you will find happiness or whatever it may be. Is, is there anything like that? Or is it more, is that, is that simplifying it too much? I don't know. Can you still see me? I think something happened. I can. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Cause I can't see anything anymore. Um, no, I have to disappoint you. There is no shortcut to the self for a person that's being conditioned by trauma and stories of the past. There is no shortcut. We always look for a shortcut. We always look for a summed up, uh, a, you know, method or a three-step program that will take us there. No, the work is real and intense. Happiness cannot be found. Happiness is not a commodity on a shelf at Albertsons. Happiness is nothing else but what we experience when we show up as our true self. To show up as our true self requires for us to re-engage with ourselves, to shed the fear stories, and to open ourselves up to that. So all I can say is the North Star is to shift the gaze from the outside world towards your inside world. That is the most crucial part and takeaway I can give people because it will kickstart their journey uh, towards the why story. It's what will kickstart their journey towards owning themselves and really owning their happiness. It's about living for yourself and shifting the gaze from the outside shiny objects towards the heart within. That is the biggest takeaway I can say because it's what gets you started. It's what gets you on the road. You're right. And people are looking for that step-by-step -step procedure, but that's not how our brains work. We need to be wild. And you are, you are very sharp. Like I, like you, you seem like you've been given a new life through this transition <laughs> that you've created and you have all this energy. Um, and honestly, there's not, there's a lot of people at your age that are in the corporate world that are just drained and burnt out. And they don't think they can ever achieve that, that new spark. And you have achieved it um, and you're evidence of it. Um, you mean there's a lot of work for me to be done, right? Stuff you're yeah, saying, like, I, I read up on socialism a little bit. <laughs> there, yeah, there's always work to be done. But <clears throat> I just want to say that the stuff you're saying is backed up like by someone that has never read into philosophy or um, like learned from business owners. I mean, I talk to business owners every day, multiple times a day for this podcast. And you seem like you totally out of everyone just get it the most. And your, your stuff is backed up. Like for example, um, you need, you do need to be wild. And, and when you're saying all that stuff, I remember something I learned um, about how people learn best in nature because nature is just <laughs> wildness and that's the way our brains are built. Um, and there's a whole, I mean, my niece goes to a private school where half her day is spent outside and she's so bright. Oh, that's um, wonderful. I so, love that. It gives me so much hope when I hear those. those I hear that. No, it's important. Yeah. And yeah, I just wanted to say that, like all the stuff you're saying is backed up and by your oh, own yeah. but also yeah. by fact and also by philosophical, like his, historical philosophy in general. I, I work a lot with science, scientists in different fields. So I, I work a lot with microbiologists, uh, botanists. I work with neuroscientists um, mm -hmm. myself. I, I went to medical school and I wanted to actually 
go into the fields of neurosciences and neurosurgery uh, eventually. But I, I found this take on uh, neuroscience that is the accumulation of spirituality, philosophy, psychology, uh, psychotherapy, and traditional you know, scientific areas paired with um, what I would call progressive um, business strategy and marketing that is actually useful because the traditional marketing is just polishing turds. I'm sorry to say that. Yeah. Good marketing brings relevant value out and makes it visible to those who need it. That's what marketing is intended to do. So yeah, I'm at the crossroad of all that. And I'm a curator of these um, influences and brought them all together in this method that I call the why story, where you know people get confronted with all these aspects so they can go back into growing like a tree. That is kind of like the key promise of what I do. Be like an apple tree. That's really like what sums it up. I feel like there are, there are business owners listening to this and they're thinking, oh, I want to do this, but I want to work with him. But in the back of their head, they're thinking, oh, I want to work with him because I want, I think it'll lead me to more profit because I'm upset right now and I, I need to be happier. And I think that, what do you, what do you say to that person? And what do you, and I guess I am genuinely curious, do a lot of your clients reach more financial success than they had previously? I know it's like a, it's a, it's, it's sort of a, a bad question for me to ask. And I don't want to ask it, but it's just it's obvious genuinely, genuinely curious. Um, um, and I, I'm sure that these people are, even if they haven't, they're, they wouldn't, if they haven't reached that financial success that they had in their previous job or whatever, they're way more happy and would probably not want to switch it with their situation for the world because the business that they've created is creating much more happiness in their life than they wouldn't want to do it any other way. But I am curious. I can tell you one thing. And I have hundreds of uh, hundreds of examples to back this claim. Um, every dollar you make doing happy work is worth at least ten dollars you did doing sad work. So, because you now invest in happy work, your money, your time, your energy, your focus, your attention on things that nurture your truth, that nurture the value you bring into the world, you become much more efficient and therefore also effective. And you also start to become much more self-sufficient to the point where you realize maybe it's enough to make half a million a year. Maybe it's enough to have 18 employees. Maybe I don't need to keep growing. Maybe this is just what I need to maintain. Maybe I'm okay making 150,000, but you know, living my life exactly according to my truth rather than just amassing more and more and more. Those are important questions that people start asking themselves when they work with me. Uh, because of course, if you want to go for the bigger number, there's a problem in nature. Nature doesn't work that way. Nature is here to support you in bringing out what you have, but it's not here to like make you the biggest tree of the world, right? Know what I mean? Um, it's not here for proliferation. Proliferation is not a natural concept. That's cancer that kills the system. Uh, it's here to support your growth as your own self. And the beauty of it is, though, you know what? And to come back to your question is, yes, a lot of people start with kind of that idea. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of people start with kind of like this question, this desire, you know, to make more, to be successful. But very early on in the process, they drop that. 
they drop that and realize, no, what I truly want is something that reflects my truth, something that is aligned with who I am. And that gives me exactly what I deserve and what I need. Um, so there's beauty in that, that people, even though they come at, maybe at me at first with these slightly twisted desires and ideas that it very slow, soon, very soon in the process that gets cleared out very well and sorted out. Yeah. I, I could have assumed that that would be your answer that people would start to focus more on the, like once they realize the value of your services to not really think about the financial piece as much because of how happy they've become. Um, I do want to start to wrap up and just hear from you. Like um, how can our audience reach you if they wanted to use your services or just if you have any social media presence, do you? I'm actually curious. Yes. So we have first and foremost, we have a podcast that's called the do underscore happy work podcast, where we share insights uh, all around the why story process and about, you know, happiness and sadness in work. So that's available, I think, everywhere where, you know, you can listen to podcasts. It's the do happy work podcast. Um, then we're present, you know, on uh, Instagram as um, do happy work. And uh, on LinkedIn, under my name, Olivia Egley. And then we have a website. It's uh, y-story.com. Or you can reach me by email. If you have a question or you just want to share, you know, some ideas or you're curious about something, I love dialogue. So I'm always open to it. Uh, it's Olivier, not Oliver, Olivier at y-story.com. And uh, also, what, can I mention one more thing? Yeah. So we just started last month in May, this month, actually. Uh, we started with our open office hours. And the open office hours is just kind of like a uh, life coaching online event where for about 45 to 60 minutes, I offer my online coaching services to a group where you can just join. It's always around one central topic. And we just exchange around one central question. You can ask questions or bring your own opinion. It's it's a safe space. You have to sign up, but it's free. Um, and it's really just about conversation between entrepreneurs and employees that just seek to find more sustenance and substance in their work and have bigger questions and would like to be you know, to, to expose those questions and be exposed to those questions. And I do that because my community that is called the Y Society, we meet in person physically in Southern California, but a lot of people cannot join. So we started doing these open office hours every third Wednesday of the month at 11 a.m. PST um, for 45 to 60 minutes. One central question about around happy work or how we can shift our work towards happiness. Uh, yeah, sign up is free. Uh, just shoot me an email, olivier at y-story.com. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. And the name is spelled O-L-I-V-I-E-R. And then yes. at y-story.com. I'm definitely going to be joining that call because I just want to hear more from you. Um, this call has been super, super valuable to me, especially at being in my early 20s and trying to decide what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, 
I know that it's definitely not cut and dry. Like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? I'm not going to decide it now. We even talked about that. It's going to be a bumpy road with ups and downs and turns. But um, I'm glad that I've met you now at this point in my life and learned all this information now that I don't get caught in that. Or, or when I do, for example, get caught in like maybe a midlife crisis or in a job I'm unhappy with, I'll have you in the back of my mind. Um, and I'll be, I'll, I'll, if I really need you, I will definitely come to you. And it'll be more of a transformation and not a, a transaction as we spoke of. But <laughs> thank you so much for today. And I do want to tell our audience that so I guess you can you can tell them because um, I was really excited when you told me you had a, a retreat um, that takes place in Southern California. So can you just really quick tell our audience the, the services that you offer? Yeah, so it's pretty simple because we're a simple operation and we want to keep it that way. Uh, we offer uh, here in our mountain home in Southern California in Lake Arrowhead, we offer two-day retreats where um, the whole process is around cleansing people from uh, stories that are holding them back, holding them, you know, in that cycling loop of sad work and reconnecting them with their truth and finding ways to apply that in their work. And these two days are kind of split into two parts, a little bit like the brain. The first day is all about the mental and psychological aspects of reconnecting with yourself. And the second day is about applying the self-knowledge in work through things like value creation, mission development, mission statement, um, you know, uh, business strategy, developing goal posts and the vision, as well as a company culture if you are creating a business. So we kind of do that in our two-day retreats, reconnecting you with yourself, which is the part we call intention, and then finding the focus to apply that knowledge in work, which is the part we call attention. Intention, day one, attention, day two. Um, but by the same token, we also uh, offer this as an online service, seven one and a half hour sessions uh, via Zoom, where you get to go through the exact same kind of work. Of course, a little different when you're not in person. It's not like an intense weekend, but it's spread out over several weeks with exercises. Uh, but yeah, that's what we do. And we've done it with very, very great success. Um, it, it's incredible how people leave the retreat after those two days. I mean, it cleanses you from so many things you didn't even know you had in you. Yeah. You really found your niche in the market as well, like business-wise. Um, you found people that need your service that also probably have the money to afford it and are actually like it's an enjoyable experience then i guess um yeah i'm really happy that i met you um if you had one before we go if you had one piece of advice to an entrepreneur just starting out their new business what would that be and then we can and then we can go um it's very simple don't fall prey to the markets but engage in your wildness instead so don't believe everything that the markets teach you. Create your own market and tune out the noise and reconnect with the voice inside. Mm. Tune out the voice, you know, how things should be done and reconnect with the voice inside how things have to be done instead. Yeah, we did, talk, we did touch on that briefly earlier. So it definitely ties in. Um, Thank you so much for your time. And again, if you want to reach him, 
Um, I guess everything should be able to be found through the website at y-story.com. Um, but then his name is Olivier Igle. Igle. Um, Igle. Igle. Um, thank you so much for your time. And I really appreciate all the value you provided today. I, thank you for having me. I appreciate having given the space. This was wonderful. Great questions. Thank you so much. Thank you.